Are you listening? Damn. What is up, everybody? I stopped saying welcome, 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 because as I was watching last week tonight on HBO last week, uh, I realized that John Oliver starts his show the same exact way. Who knew? So uh, I'm not going to say welcome, welcome, welcome anymore, because I didn't know, I didn't get it from anywhere. I didn't, you know, he hasn't had a show since like November, so it's not like I memorized his intro. But here we are, and so I'm going to say what's up, everybody. It's not been a good weekend. (laughs) I know a lot of you voiced that displeasure so much on social media on Saturday. The women didn't have uh, the best of luck on Sunday either. We'll get into all that. We're not even going to take a commercial route to this. We're just going to get straight into it. What the hell happened on Saturday night? It was right there for the taking. Arizona had their chances to win this ball game so many times. And just like the theme of the season, they just cannot figure it out down the stretch. And a lot of you voiced your displeasure with Sean Miller. A lot of you voiced your displeasure with the freshman. A lot of you voiced your displeasure at why Nick or Josh Green took those shots at the end of regulation when it appeared that maybe he had a concussion, even though we didn't know if he had a concussion. And then nobody really came at Coloco, and rightfully so. I mean, you have a guy that's made six out of fifteen free throws get kind of lucky at the end of the ball game by getting fouled with one point four seconds left and going to the free throw line, and you just you were just hoping he was going to make one. Josh Green was the one that I was a little bit more upset about, but again, he got hit in the head. He's a little discombobulated. He can't focus. He makes one of those free throws, game over, and he unfortunately could not do that. And and Arizona as a team missed double-digit free throws when they've had games where they haven't. I don't understand that aspect of everything. One thing that I was taught from a very, very young age, maybe because my dad knew I wasn't going to be the most athletic kid, but he said, damn it, you better make your free throws. Don't I don't care what else you do, but if you get to the free throw line, make your free throws. And uh, Sean Miller is a good free throw shooter. He was in college. I don't know what's going on, but the shooting aspect of everything Arizona-related has just not been good. Oh, and by the way, I think Peyton Pritchard just scored another bucket. That was that was rough. That was a rough, rough. We've had some bad losses this year, upsetting losses, UCLA, Oregon State. But this was different. This was different. You know, Arizona's biggest win on the season was, what, Colorado? So this felt like, hey, you know, this is a this is a chance to kind of build that mojo. And I alluded to that last week. I thought this was going to be the weekend where Arizona found their mojo. And it, it started to look that way, especially against Oregon State. You know, they dominated Oregon State. Makes you a little bit more upset at, at how Oregon State went the first time around anyway, right? Just how can you be so bad and then so good against the same team? But they are. They did. They were. And you fast forward to a a game against Oregon that starts to look almost exactly like a a replay of the first time around. Close game. Arizona gets gets their moments where they kind of stretch the lead and then they start to fall apart a little bit, but they hang in there, have a chance to win it at the end of regulation. They don't come through, go to overtime, don't come through again, and that's that. Oregon... Wins two 
two games in exciting fashion against the Arizona team that desperately needed that win. They needed that win because that win would have catapulted them, I believe, into the top 20. Um, it would have kept them at the top of the Pac-12 in a tie for first place. And it would have stopped this obnoxiousness, obnoxiousness, let me say that word clearly, that I now have to endure and we all have to endure at the hands of that team up north. Oh, that's what makes this whole thing even worse. Is that not only did you not come through and keep some sanity in a Pac-12 that has just been utter chaos all year long, but you also let the Sun Devils, the Scummies, take sole possession of first place. I, I don't even know what to say after that. I think that's what's just the way they the Arizona lost, the way that it was there for the taking, those are the ones that hurt the most. Those are definitely the ones that hurt the most. You know, I, I can take a close game back and forth and there's there's a lot of opportunities in each game to 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 blow a team out or you know, extend leads or whatever, but close games, I can deal with close games, you know, like it was heartbreaking to see, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, Jamel Horn miss that three-pointer that could have sent us to the final four against UConn. It was heartbreaking to see Nick Johnson, uh, you know, miss that running fadeaway and, and not really have a chance to, to go to the final four. Um, it was heartbreaking to lose in the Elite Eight the next year against Wisconsin, you know, when Wisconsin couldn't miss a three. But in each of those games, you just felt like it's gonna be it's gonna hurt if we lose. But we played good, you know. We we played well, you know. We 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 should have won those games, or we could have won those games. Um, you didn't feel like we we totally blew it on our own, at least not to this degree. This one was right there, man. It hurts. It it just absolutely hurts. So now we drop out of the top 25. And we still are faced with the same questions we had a week ago. And you don't know what to expect from this team. ASU is projected as a solid 8 right now. I believe Arizona is a, is a solid 9. Uh, this is according to Joe Lenardi as he... Uh, as he published his uh, bracketology and Arizona is expected to still be a six seed, which you would take at this point. You would absolutely take at this point, Arizona six seed and expected to play uh, number 11 seed East Tennessee state. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody because a lot of old school Arizona fans remember East Tennessee state from way back in the day. And that was not pretty. I believe they played in Atlanta. Um, and uh, at the Hawks Arena, way back, I, I want to say it was like 93, 92, 93. And they got just run out of the gym. Uh, a plethora of threes came raining down from the skies in that game. And Arizona, as a three seed, got escorted out by East Tennessee State. So uh, not not great memories. But I do believe the next week, they or the next year, they did go to the Final Four. So, you know, hey, you live and learn, right? But uh, they have ASU, so both teams are slotted to be in the South, at least according to Lenardi in the Baylor side of the bracket. 
And believe it or not, ASU kind of got the raw end of the deal in this one. Even if they win the Pac-12 tournament, which I, I, I would kind of be surprised if they still hung on to this seed. I, I believe they would elevate. Um, they he, Lenardi has them projected as playing against Wisconsin. Uh, 9-8 matchup in the winner getting Baylor or Radford. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Pretty, uh, uh, you know, everything is still in front of this U of A basketball team. Everything. They still have a lot to play for. They still have a chance to win the Pac-12 outright. And you know what? Who really cares if you win the Pac-12 outright? You want to win the Pac-12 tournament. That's what the, that's what people remember. And so, you know, for everybody, for everybody who who's like clamoring onto this, you know, it's a big deal for ASU. Sure, they've never. I don't believe they've ever won a Pac-12 tournament, or they've never. First of all, they've never won a Pac-12 conference championship. Period. They've come close. Three times, I believe, like the Fat Lever days, and then a couple other de- uh, other times. This is the closest they've come in quite some time. But come on, people, Are, do we really believe? Do we really believe that ASU is going to hold on? USC still has a lot to fight for because right now they're still hanging on as like a twelve seed, so they're definitely on the bubble. They need these wins. They need these wins. UCLA is hot. They've won like seven out of the last eight. So for both Arizona and ASU, hey, there's still a lot to play for, a ton to play for. Then you come home and you, you can you know maybe rest a little easy knowing that you got UW and Washington State, but it ain't easy. It ain't going to be easy, and it's still right there for the taking for Arizona, and I believe each game that goes by, here we go, we're going to spin this thing to a glass half full. Every game that goes by that you lose just barely or you have a chance to win but can't quite execute, you learn a little bit more about yourself. So you got to learn. Hey, I'll tell you what, this team is going to be battle-tested. Baylor, close game. Gonzaga, close game for the most part to like maybe the last five minutes. Um, You know, Illinois, they beat Illinois easily. You know, you got a lot of games where you came down to the wire or you fought back to get into the wire. Uh, the the um, Wooden Legacy Tournament was was nip and tuck, especially the, the final. And then you get to the both Oregon schools. Um, ASU, the blowing the lead against ASU, but you're still trying to battle back and win that game. Close games, left and right. So Arizona still has a chance to not only learn from its mistakes, but also improve on them. So don't give up, Wildcat fans. You know, I, I always say it's tough. It sucks so bad at the moment. But try and keep a positive attitude because you never know what could happen. You never know what could change. And that's that. So we'll take a quick break. Hopefully uh, that little event session helped you out. And uh, we'll move on to Arizona women's basketball. How's that sound? We'll be back after this. So Arizona women's basketball went on the road to the Rocky Mountain schools this week, and uh, it didn't go well. Uh, The first game did. They handled business against Utah. Sam Thomas with 31 points uh, coming up huge, especially in the absence of Ari McDonald. So that was big time. However, unfortunately, um, it did not go well in Colorado. Have They had a chance to win. 
a little bit over six minutes left to go. They're down. They're up by three, 38-35. And then the wheels fell off, and Colorado went on a 15-0 run and ended the game in 150-38. So both games without Ari McDonald. She's out. She had a lower leg injury. She was expected to be back for the CU game, but I can understand why they held her out. Uh, you don't really gain too much from her at this point uh, because of the, the way the standings are. And as the standings are right now, Arizona has solidified the four seed at the very worst. At four seed. I mean, that's just that's just amazing. That's just amazing. Um, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That was that was kind of a bad loss. You know, they had a chance to win against uh, Colorado, and nobody could hit a bucket down the stretch. Kay Reese was one for 11. She was struggling. Pretty much the whole team struggled. That's my biggest worry, and this is my biggest worry when they when when we move ahead without Ari McDonald is where where is that scoring going to come from? And so, right now they are eleven and five in the Pac-12. They have Cal and Stanford this weekend at home. Uh, Stanford is thirteen and two on the year or in conference play, um, and Arizona, like I mentioned, is eleven and five. It's going to be. Uh, the only thing Arizona can do is move up to the three spot, which it might not sound like a big deal, but it it, it actually kind of is because if you can avoid that three spot, if you can avoid that four spot, um, then you can avoid Oregon. And Arizona desperately wants to avoid Oregon until they absolutely have to play them, which would, at the, in this scenario, would be the Pac-12 championship if they can get to the three seed. Unfortunately, they need UCLA to lose. And, um, yeah, and they need to, they need to beat Cal and they need to beat the second ranked team in the conference, which is Stanford. Oh, by the way, they're the number four ranked team in the country and they've only lost twice. So that's not going to be an easy feat by any stretch of the imagination, but Arizona has secured a number four seed. That means they get a buy in the first week. They have solidified a buy because if they lose, even if they lose both games this weekend, um, they would be in a tie with Arizona state, but they have the tiebreaker because their overall record would be better, and they beat them head-to-head, so that doesn't even matter. So uh, major props to this for, to this program uh, for doing what they have done so far. I thought they should have made the tournament last year, but that non-conference schedule was brutal, and they had no chance because they didn't really play anybody. Uh, but this year, much better job. They beat some good teams in conference play. They handled their business this year, and now they're going to go to Vegas, not this week, but next week, and have a great opportunity to get to the Final Four of the Pac-12 tournament and maybe even the conference championship game, which would be amazing. Amazing. I, I couldn't even, I, you know, I, I don't even know how you can't be excited about this women's basketball team, especially in light of how frustrating it has been to watch the men play. I And I'm not saying you need to you know, sacrifice one to it to enjoy the other by any means. But, you know, this, this is a good, this is a good team to watch when they have Ari McDonald in fold. They're just, they take it to another level and they're fun. They're fun. They're competitive. They play hard. And that's the kind of basketball you want to watch, right? That's the kind of basketball you want to support. That's the kind of basketball team you want to, you want to love. And both teams, both teams have an opportunity in front of them to do some great things. I don't know who's going to go further than the other. It doesn't matter. Both teams need the support. 
Arizona right now is the 13th ranked team in the country. And if the season ended today, let's say the Pac-12 tournament was already done, um, I do believe they would host a first and second round uh, set of games at McHale, which is another like just a huge, huge feather in the cap for Adia Barnes and company. Uh, when and if that happens, you best believe Tucson is going to be lit on fire because it's going to be a fun one. Uh, you're going to want to be there. You're going to want to watch those women play in the NSA tournament for the first time in a long, long, long time. So, um, you know, speaking of women's basketball, I I just want to take some time. Let's let's go ahead and transition a little bit to, to Gigi Bryant and Kobe Bryant. Today was their farewell. This is, I'm recording this on a Monday, if you didn't know. So, um, when you listen to this, just remember, um, I usually post these podcasts on a Tuesday. I'm talking about Monday stuff. So keep that in mind. But Gigi and Kobe Bryant, their farewell, their memorial, um, their celebration of life was today. And uh, Diana Taurasi said it best, um, is that women's basketball was going to carry on the legacy of Gigi Bryant. And um, I think what Gigi Bryant represented to a lot of women's basketball supporters, a lot of women out there, was progress. Diana Taurasi was one that had dreams of playing for the Lakers one day. Uh, she plays for the Phoenix Mercury, and she dominates. And she's uh, an MVP caliber player, one of the best women's basketball players of all time, one of the best basketball players of all time. Forget gender. Gigi Bryant said she wanted to be a star in the WNBA, and I think that's how far we've come. We went from somebody who wanted to represent and play uh, amongst the best in the world with men and now you have a woman, uh, a young lady that wanted to play against the, amongst the best in the world um, with women. And I think that's a testament to the women's game and how much it has absolutely skyrocketed and improved. And it's just been a great brand of basketball to watch. If you haven't watched it for the last 20 years, you've been sleeping, dude. You've just been sleeping. Women's basketball is just as good as men's basketball, except without the high flashy dunks. Other than that, the fundamentals are better. Uh, they move without the ball better. Uh, defense is better. It's just a. It's a, just a good, fun. I love this brand of basketball. And Gigi Bryant was obsessed with trying to become, you know, like her dad, except the female version. You know, she was already she was Mambasita. And I think when we look back at the legacy of Kobe Bryant, the biggest testament I can give to that man is the fact that he, in post-NBA, post his career, um, put his daughter on a pedestal um, to be recognized as um, a figure in the sport, in the game of which she loved to this degree. Um, Because he supported her, he pushed her to be her own person, he pushed her to be um, as ruthless as she wanted to be on the court. And then she took that and she ran with it and she showed out. And if you have any time to go back and look at any of the Kobe Bryant dedication stuff yesterday, um, take a look at Tarasi's comments because they were um, emotional. They were very impactful and um, very poignant. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, I can't imagine what 
that whole family's going through, um, what a lot of the people that are close to him are going through, and it's unfortunate that he's now gone. But I think what we can take away is the opportunity out there that everybody now knows exists, you know? And that's the opportunity to to be a great dad, to support your kids, boy or girl, um, in, in whatever it is that they want to do. And I think that's, that's overlooked nowadays. You know, I have a daughter myself. She's 12 years old, so almost the same age as Gigi. Um, and I never pushed her to do anything. I didn't say she had to play basketball. I didn't say she had to play volleyball or softball or soccer or anything like that. I, I kind of left those decisions to her, to her, what she wanted to do. And uh, then she said, Dad, I want to play volleyball. And so we went to the volleyball. So she went to a, a camp, and she was she's tall and lanky, and she wanted to play. And they took her on the 14 and under team, and now she's playing club volleyball. And at first, I was kind of wondering, you know, is – is she going to have this competitive spirit about her? Is she going to, you know, where's she going to get it? Because the competitive side is definitely from me. Like, I'm as competitive as they come. Sure enough, um, after game one, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. And, you know, if you're a dad out there and you're in your, you know what I'm talking about when I'm referring to that look. You know, that look of, hey, I don't know what the hell y'all are out here to do, but I I came here to win you know, and a lot of people say, Hey, I just want to go out and have fun. It's not fun when you're getting your ass kicked up and down the court. Right. Uh, and she went, went out there and they didn't do so well in that first tournament, but she stayed with it. She practiced, she practiced harder and harder and she's getting better and better every single game. And I'll be damned if she doesn't have that Mamba mentality for sure. And matter of fact, this past weekend, she had two game winners on serves, um, in her volleyball games, she won both games on her serves and, uh, the, the sheer pride and joy that she had, um, that I saw in her face was no amount of money could ever, could ever give you that kind of satisfaction. And I think we've all taken away something from this Kobe Bryant and Gianna episode. And I think, um, as unfortunate as it was and how sad and depressing as it is. Um, I think it's going to leave a lasting legacy, especially with men and how they deal with their daughters and understand that it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. If you want to have that Mamba mentality, go get it and do everything you possibly can um, to celebrate the game that you love, whether that be soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, you know, um, I have a kid in every single sport. I have a, I have a son who pitches in college. I have a daughter who plays volleyball. I have a son that plays high school basketball and I have a, another son that plays pop Warner football. You know, I have a kid for every sport and, um, and I just support them to do whatever it is that they want to do as hard as they want to do it. Because there's no easy way out, and I make sure I tell them that every single day. If you want to dedicate your time to this, then you better dedicate your time to this and understand that nothing comes easy. And uh, to each one of their credit, they, they've been amazing about it. And that's what I take away from Kobe and Gianna. 
I think it, it is a, it's a legacy that I will carry in my heart to the day I die. And I'm not even a Lakers fan. I'm not even a Lakers fan. It's, um, it, it, it's hit home. And that's the show for this week. Um, give, the, give the ones you love to hug, huh? Uh, give the ones you love a hug. And uh, always keep your respect of people. We'll see you next week. And uh, hopefully we have better news, especially on the Arizona front. <laughs> it can't get any worse because, man, I felt like crap on Saturday. I know a lot of you did. And um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? All right. Everybody, take care. We'll see you next week.